Please be seated. If you brought your Bible or if you've got one nearby, our, our scripture today is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, and I'll read it for us. He, meaning Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abram. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save out the lost. Join with me in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be here to worship together today. We thank you that you're not only fair, you're gracious and merciful and just. We ask that your name would be praised here, and I ask that all that I say and do would be to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. When I was a child, one of my favorite games to play was hide-and-go-seek. I really loved being able to get out of the house, and, and still I love to be in nature and go play. And our, our group of kids, they met at the house on the, na uh, the neighbor's house next door, about 10 or 15 of us. It was a really young neighborhood, and we'd all meet and decide what the game for the day was. And if it was going to be hide-and-go-seek, I was really happy. Now, I preferred to be the one who hid. I was really pretty good at hiding. Um, I was out of, out of four children in the house. I was the only girl, so you know I had to hide from my brothers. <laughs> but I was good at hiding. I was not so good at finding. When I had to be the finder, and you know, say everybody come out and all that, I'd be like, "Where are you, darn you?" <laughs> and it was hard to find people. So I would prefer to be the the hider than the seeker. In today's scripture, we have a divine game of hide and go seek. So I ask you to listen and picture in your mind who's hiding, who's seeking, and what the outcome of the story is. In this passage, there are actually two people who are seeking, Zacchaeus and Jesus. The first person we notice searching is Zacchaeus, and he climbs a tree so that he can see Jesus. Now, he didn't want to just see Jesus. You know, he might have been able to bob up and down and see Jesus, but he wanted to see if Jesus was who he had been told he was. So he wanted to know who Jesus really was. His mission was to understand the character of Jesus. We can assume that he heard about Jesus from other people. He probably heard things like, this, this rabbi is not like any other rabbi. He actually forgives sinners. He eats with them. And so Zacchaeus came to find out if that was true. Now, what the text tells us about Zacchaeus is he tell, tells us first that he was a rich tax collector. So he was a person who had wealth and power. Um, yet, his name meant righteous one. That's what God wanted him to be. But he wasn't known as a righteous one. He was known as the chief tax collector, 
which then is now, tax collectors weren't all that popular, but it was even worse back then because tax collectors worked for the Romans. They were the offending company that had come in and taken over the country. So they were despised by everybody who was a loyal Jew. Um, when Zacchaeus went out, he wasn't expecting any invitations, especially not from the head of the synagogue. He knew he was not welcome. But yet, he still came out. He was seeking for something. Um, Zacchaeus had been ostracized. He was not welcome in society. In, in ancient Athens... Ostracism happened once every 10 years. And the purpose of it was Athens was a democracy, kind of like what we have in America. And there were powerful leaders who would arise, and sometimes they would get to be too popular. And uh, Athenians were afraid that a really, really popular leader might take over and become king, and it would no longer be a democracy. So once every 10 years, uh, they had a meeting, a big get-together, and they had a vote. It was election year. And you could put the name of a politician that you wanted to be kicked out onto a black stone and put it inside the voting box. So it was something that was known in history as a way to get rid of people that were a little too popular and threatened democracy. We still use this idea. Sometimes you might hear somebody's gotten the black ball from the country club. You ever heard about that? It means they're not welcome there. And, and we still practice ostracism. Um, Think about in your own life, is there some time where you've been a member of a group and then somebody wasn't welcome there anymore? I've been in groups like that. Um, we know a little bit more about Zacchaeus. He was not only a social outcast, but Luke's gospel, and Luke is the only one that tells this story, tells us that he was short. Now, I don't think that Luke was just putting that in there because he, not, you know, he didn't have anything else to do. Luke had thought about his gospel very carefully. I've been blessed to study the entire gospel of Luke and it is so well-crafted, it's almost eerie. It's so good. Um, I think Luke put the adjective short in there to show us something about Zacchaeus' character. Not only was he short physically, but he really was looking for something. He was longing for something. If you can imagine during uh, public school, Zacchaeus would have been the last one chosen for a sports team. Anybody ever been the last one chosen? How did it make you feel? I think Zacchaeus was probably short and heard things like, shorty, you know, little taunts about his character being short that he couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I think that might be one reason why Zacchaeus chose to become a tax collector, because he wanted to be able to get back at the people who had kept him out of being in the popular group at school, you know? Can you, can you picture that in your mind? Have you ever known somebody like that? We don't really know the entirety of his childhood, but it seems pretty likely he had been the recipient of prejudice against him, like the 60s song, Short People. Short people got no reason to live. They got little hands and little eyes, and they walk around telling great big lies. They got little nose and little teeth. They wear platform shoes on their nasty little feet. They got little noses and little teeth. Well, I don't want no short people around here. You know, that, that song was popular in the 60s, I remember it, and you'd kind of hum along because it was really catchy, but I always really hated that song. Not because I was short, because I've always been tall. I've always been head and shoulders above <laughs> the rest of my classmates. But we can expand that to not just short people, but prejudice in general. We could, we could put, I don't want no tall people around here. I don't want no dark-headed people around here. I don't want no... African-American around here. 
You see, it's all different kinds of prejudice. And the thing that I hate most about prejudice is it's not logical. You can talk it out of existence, but it still exists. Whenever we experience or carry on prejudice against others, we become less than we can be, less than we should be. Luke and his gospel was an advocate for the poor and the downtrodden. Uh, the context of the story helps us to see Luke's concern to lift up the lowly. In chapter 18, just before this one, Luke records the story of two people who pray. One, a proud and I bet tall Pharisee, and one, a humble tax collector. The humble man's plea is answered by God, showing a remarkable parallel to Psalms 130. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. Then Luke records how Jesus accepts a bunch of short people, children, and he blesses them after the disciples try to shoo them away. Next comes the story of a man who relied on riches and power but lost the greatest value of all, the rich young ruler. Luke sets up a challenge to the way people think about life. After all, aren't power and wealth what we want, what we need? Doesn't having them show God's favor? Into this context enters Zacchaeus, the rich and powerful, but short guy. And guess what? He's not content. He's out humiliating himself by climbing trees to find that one thing he's still looking for. How does Jesus respond? Jesus was walking by, and we know the crowds were surrounding him. He could have easily missed Zacchaeus up that tree. But in the character of Jesus that we see so often in the Gospels, somehow he knew. He looked up, and he saw Zacchaeus in the tree. Now, the word for saw there, it doesn't indicate just glancing by. It indicates a deep look. And I think Jesus looked deeply into Zacchaeus' eyes because he wanted Zacchaeus to know that he had been seen. Don't we all want to be seen and heard? And Jesus met Zacchaeus' deep need. He called out to Zacchaeus, get down and make dinner. I am going to stay with you today. Now, I'm not sure we would love it if our pastor did that to us. But Zacchaeus was excited. He was ready. He was so excited because he knew that coming to dinner meant that Jesus was accepting him. And that's a really important thing. Jesus had come with a purpose not just to pass through, as the first uh, verb in the passage says, but he came to teach his disciples God's will about all those little adjective people that we have. Short, different, not me. America really loves to watch sports, and there was an, out, there was an audience for the hide-and-seek game that day, the crowd of villagers who had come out to hear the famous rabbi. They represent the status quo. When they heard Jesus' plan to eat with the most notorious sinner in town, they were not happy. They murmured against Jesus something like, doesn't he know the first thing about being godly? We don't eat. We don't spend time with sinners. But Jesus, strangely enough, is justified by Zacchaeus. When he responds to having Jesus visit, what does he do? He says, I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I've defrauded anything, I'm going to pay back four times. This was more than the Old Testament was required. Paying back was only 20% in the Old Testament. And tithing, as we all know, if we've been in church, is 10%. So Zacchaeus showed by his attitude of gratitude and his giving to the poor that his life had been 
transformed by being seen, truly seen, and accepted by Jesus. Jesus called Zacchaeus a son of Abraham too. A lot of times the people that we put in our I don't like blank, those are people we think God doesn't like either. But God loves each and every person. Jesus concludes the story with a pithy statement intending to explain the whole event. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus had been playing a learning game with the crowd and his disciples, his own game of hide-and-seek. What does this passage say for us today? How do we, who do we resemble in the story? There are three possibilities. We could be like Zacchaeus, rich, powerful, having everything society has to offer, but still lonely, seeking someone who cares, a shorty in our hearts. Or we could be like the crowd, content in our relationship with God, sure we've got religion figured out, part of the in-group, but actually not playing God's game at all. Or the last, we could resemble Jesus, playing the dangerous game of offering mercy and love to the ones who are socially outcast, to people who need forgiveness, taking the time to really see people as they are and all the possibilities they could be. The text extends differing invitations to the different types of people in this divine game of hide-and-seek. First, if you see yourself falling short, you spend a lot of time and energy seeking riches and power, or maybe you've achieved a lot of your personal goals, but you know that something is still missing. You're like Zacchaeus. You know you still have some meaning in life that you need. The invitation for you, if you're like Zacchaeus, is to seek Jesus. You know, have, uh, to know him face to face. As the service concludes, we'll welcome anyone who wants to seek to know Jesus for the first time or to know Jesus better. You can come down and talk. We can share with you about who Jesus is, how he can transform your life, how he can give you hope. Second, maybe you're like the crowd of the villagers. You've been playing a, hide, a hiding game from God by trying to meet all the rules and standards of a religious life but you don't have the intimate, transforming walk with Christ. In fact, all those rules and regulations that you've made up for yourself, they keep you from knowing the joy of God and from offering it to others. If you're one of the onlookers and not actively engaged in seeking and saving the lost, then the invitation is to repent of your self-righteousness. Realize that God's plan of salvation is always based on Christ's gift of grace. No one ever deserves salvation. Righteousness with God means accepting forgiveness. All Christians, we are forgiven sinners. No one has the right to judge others. That brings me to the final invitation of the text. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to find people who are lonely, who have missed the mark of righteousness, whose lives are full of lost potential. If you're a mature, committed Christian, God's call today includes a challenge to recommit your life to being as loving and surprisingly gracious as Christ himself is. You know, sometimes I get, I get the bad habit of looking and I've got my list of don'ts, you know. Christianity means don't do this and don't do that. And I have mastered the don'ts, you know. I really hardly ever, with the exception of chocolate, I, ever, I hardly ever fail on the don'ts. But I haven't mastered the do's. Go and forgive those who have hurt you. Go and love others with such an extravagant love that they say, why are you acting like this? 
I still need to follow the do's. I need to master those. Um, if, you have, if you don't have friends who are lost and needy, go out and find some. Jesus would have. Jesus found people who needed him. He went specifically to find them. Any of us had the habit of going out in the morning and saying a specific prayer? Lord, help me to have a chance to tell someone about you today. On the days where I remember to pray that prayer, I have more opportunities. Don't always follow them, though. I have to be honest. The call is also to show how Christ has transformed our lives. Like Zacchaeus, we want to live rightly and give to those who have less. Christians should be known not for an attitude of moral superiority, but for compassionate kindness and outrageous generosity. From earliest civilizations, people have cast others out. They give them the black stone. But God's message to us in Christ is that whatever our wrongs, whatever our shortcomings, Jesus came to offer forgiveness. So to help us meditate on the meaning of repentance, I brought some small white rocks. I saw one of the youngsters find them back there, and he was delighted with them. Well, what I want you to do, if you want, it's totally voluntary, but you could take one of those white rocks on the way out and put it somewhere you'll see it this week. And let it be an inspiration to you that every time you see it, you'll remember, Jesus forgave my sins. And you'll remember, I should be outrageously loving. Okay? It's, I, I love to have a call that even a crit, committed Christian can follow. Thank you for your attention, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the story of Zacchaeus, someone who had a lot but still knew that he needed you. Help us to be aware that we need you. Help us to receive your forgiveness graciously and gladly. And help us to be courageous enough to offer it to others. In your name we pray. Amen.